jack-of-all-trades. <laughs> I am a witch, namely, uh, that focuses mainly in tarot, astrology, fire magic, um, things of that sort. Yeah. We are eternal students. We are always interested in learning about stuff. Learning. And um, yeah. yeah, this is Ashley. Yeah. And I'm Ashley. Um, I'm an herbalist. I'm also a witch. I'm also a jack, a proverbial jack of all trades. Um, I do remodeling, I do magic, I do energy work, all kinds of stuff. Okay, we so. do it all here. You know what I mean? So, so if you're new to Wonder Witch, um, just a little breakdown of what we do here. Every week, Ashley and I pick a topic that we're wondering about. Mm -hmm. um, could be anything um, witchcraft related. Not even necessarily. Just kind of myth. Like last week, we did mythology. You know, um, if it's just. It's all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. So stuff that we're wondering about that week. Yeah. So once a week, we each pick a topic that we're wondering about. Mm -hmm. And then we learn about that thing. Um, the fun part is we keep it a secret from each other. So I have no idea what Ashley has picked for this week. She has no idea what I picked. We don't discuss it. So our reactions are 100% genuine. Mm -hmm. So not only do we uh, spend a week studying something and learning about it ourselves, when we get together, we get taught another thing. So we actually learn two things. Yes, you um, two So things. you will learn two things. We have learned two things this week. Um, and then the following week, mm -hmm. we put the other person's thing into practice. And this is a new thing. This is a new thing that we're out. doing. Um, so we are trying out a new thing this week where we put the thing into practice yeah. from the last week. And uh, then we talk about that yeah. a little bit too. Last so, week I did the, so I did moon blood last week. Yeah. And I'm so curious to hear about, and I kind of know a little bit, but. Yeah, okay. For our, for our listeners, how did you apply that? Give a quick little recap of what you did last week in case someone hasn't listened so, yet. So, if you haven't listened, last week um, I talked about moon blood, um, as in your menstrual blood, and how to use that in magic. Um, we talked about the scientific part of it and how there's like a big amount of like stem cells in it. Mm -hmm. Second to third day are the best times to use it. Um, using it as a mask, um, in a bath, even ingesting it and mm -hmm. some cool things we learned about that. Um, and just how it was in history and how we can apply it today and how it's kind of just connecting that sacred Gaia energy and the full circle and the moon phases and all that jazz. Yeah. So, yeah. Super fascinating stuff. It was. It was pretty um, cool. So if you haven't listened to that episode, make sure you do. It's a little racy. 
Um, <laughs> so, of course, I, in the new uh, format of Wonder Witch, I am now tasked to do some sort of Moonblood magic. Um, and as fate would have it, I started my period this week. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to skip right. I put it on my face. Yeah. All right. I did. I put it on my face. Um, it was weird. It was a weird moment for me. Um, my partner was out of the house. I was going to take a bath. I was like, all right, I lit some incense, I lit some candles, I was playing Plantasia for my plants nice. in the other room, you know, I put my dog in the other room, I yep. was like, don't look. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't look at me. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I closed the door, I locked it, even though I was home alone. Yeah. And uh, I think it was like the second or third day, because you said those were yeah, the, best. the best. So I was like, here it goes. And I just like, got a little handful of it. <laughs> Her cup overfloweth. And I just put it all yeah. over my whole face. Well, I did a little dab, like you said yeah, you did. Yeah, the third eye. I yeah, did the third eye dab, and then I was like, oh, let's go for it. So then I just put it on the rest of my face, and I was standing there looking at myself in the mirror. You know, and, and um, menstrual blood smells different it is, than very, normal it's blood. Steamy, it's like, very it's earthy, it's like earthy and like, meaty yeah. smelling. It smells like you know, the meat flats. No, yeah, normal blood smells super just like minerally. Yeah, well, um, it's got a lot of like potassium. But it's got that yeah. extra, you know, vaginal scent to it. So that's on my face. I'm running a bath. I got the herbs in the bath. Yeah, I man. poured... Um, that blue moon water yeah, that you gave me in there. Cause I was like, I'm going to have an experience yeah. here. Right. So what were like the physical sensations you had? Well, it immediately dried. Yeah. Um, I also put it over my heart chakra. Beautiful. So yeah. it immediately dried and I was like, this is sticky. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I'm, I'm looking for an experience. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was laying in my bathtub Listening to music, the incense, um, the sun was, like, kind of setting at that time. Oh, so so like my whole hour. bathroom turned this, like, orangey color. Okay. And then I was very just like, oh, this is some, like, sacral yeah, chakra stuff is. going on. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, like, picture this. I'm just, like, laying in my bathtub with <laughs> blood on my face, <laughs> surrounded by, like, floating little flowers, yeah. just being, like, like, waiting for something to happen. Um, and I almost wrote about it this week, but I didn't. Okay. But it brought up a lot of, like, sacral chakra stuff mm -hmm. for me. And kind of how we, like, can have underdeveloped sacral chakra energy or underactive yeah, chakra energy after we experience trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what it got me thinking about, where I was, like, I'm trying to, like, embody my body, yeah. you know, and trying to, like... We, what we talked about last week about, like, not hiding those parts of ourselves right. away and, like, owning those parts. Yeah. So I was, like, tapping into that, like, goddess energy mm -hmm. in my body. And it was just, like, why do I have so much trouble with mm -hmm. my sacral chakra? Why is it so underactive? Why am I so hesitant to physical touch? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of things. And that and really goes... a lot of sacral work. Yeah. That really goes back to how last year, um, and you guys wouldn't know this, but last year when um, I started to kind of process some sexual trauma, you know, and things that I'd been going through, mm -hmm. and we can talk about more of that in future episodes if we want to, but that really got me thinking of, like, you know, here is some, like, 
focus that I can be doing, yeah. you know, so well, it really kind of tapped me into that. Yeah. And it's taken that power back because mm-hmm. it's all about taking the kind of shame and the guilt mm-hmm. that is surrounded with our menstrual cycle and right. being a woman in general. Right. And right, it's right. taking that and feminine that power back. part of my body, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and just feeling, cause like effectively the way that I dealt with well, when I was younger, like in my early 20s, I dealt with that with like hypersexuality. Yeah. And then as I got older and, you know, partied less, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of turned into just like Perfect. shutting yeah. down that part of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a very affectionate person. I'm not a very sexual person, mm-hmm. you know, and even my partner's kind of like, you used to be like this. And now and I'm just like, I'm processing some stuff, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was really interesting, and that's kind of what that brought up for me, and it was, like, kind of even a big step for me to, like, allow myself to feel that, or to think about that, or to do that, you know, so... You know, I'm standing in my bathroom, like, holding a cup of menstrual blood, just like, damn it, Ashley! I had to put this on my face! (laughs) You didn't have to put it on your face. I know, but I did. And... It actually caused some effect in you, which is yeah. really good. You know and I, I mean? got out of the bathtub and I was just like, <gasps> I moisturized my whole yeah. body and my partner got home and he's like, you're just walking around naked. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like you know, and stuff. whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> did you notice your face glow afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it was really something. Yeah. It's yeah, it was, really really, it was a really interesting experience, like physically and metaphysically. So Wonderful. it was cool. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very yeah, it was cool. fun. Gotcha. I feel like I got the easy thing because <laughs> so last week do you want to let them know a little bit about what we learned about from you so it was like Valentine's Day Venus yeah so last week um, I started the episode talking about Valentine's Day a little bit because um, it was the the episode we we recorded and filmed um, the day before Valentine's Day mm-hmm. um, so I talked a little bit about um, your Venus sign and how that shows up in your birth chart and how that can affect you in different ways and kind of the way that um, Venus is ruled and the different houses and things like that that she affects in your life depending on where she shows up in your birth chart. And then that led into the mythology of the Roman goddess Venus herself, for Mm -hmm. whom the planet is named. Yes. Um, Yeah. Um, So I looked up in my chart where my Venus or what sign was in my Venus or Mm -hmm. whatever, I don't know, I'm learning. But... It's in Sagittarius, which a lot of my chart is in Sagittarius. I'm very fiery. Um, yeah. But, um, so, what I thought was interesting about it, so it talked about how my romantic side gets, like, easily bored. Um, like, easily <laughs> bored, and I'm very curious, and that is... Sagittarius is yeah, the wanderer. It's the wanderer, and, and I the feel adventurer, that. Yeah, and the explorer. And, I, that, and yeah. I definitely am that in my romantic relationships, so I was like, all right. Co-star, because that's where I look at my charts and I'm like, shut up. Um, And then I enjoy my independence, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm willing to, um, I'm not willing to compromise, usually, uh, my freedom and, like, my expansion. Like, I'm a free bird. Mm -hmm. I'm a wildflower. I gotta be out there. You know what I mean? So I thought it was really interesting, and I just kind of journaled on that a little bit and, like, what that kind of meant. I didn't really do an activity or a feast day. I mean, I feast. I've been feasting because it's been, like, cold and we've been inside, so I'm munching on some stuff. But I've been doing a lot of, like, you know, because Venus, she was kind of the goddess of love and all that Mm -hmm. jazz. So I've done a lot of, like, self-care rituals. Yeah, like, bath time and 
a lot of journaling and stuff like that. So that's how I connected with it. If y'all are just meeting us for the first time, you will quickly find out that Ashley and I love doing magic in the <laughs> bathtub. Yeah. We are sure. bath witches mm -hmm. hardcore. Or fire. It's either yeah. fire or fire. Water. We burn yeah. shit and then we mm -hmm. lay in a bathtub. Yep. Like that's mm -hmm. like our two main ways of doing it. Where's your water? Mine so my ascending is cancer. So right. That's um, the water energy in me. My Mars is in Cancer. Okay. Um, so that's, and, and my Mercury, we both have a Scorpio Mercury. Right. Um, so we have that kind of in like our communication, but like mm -hmm. my Mars, my aggressive planet, yeah. the way that I kind of have aggression or like feelings like that is a water yeah. sign. So um, I feel, I typically get in my bathtub when yeah. I'm, like, freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like a tsunami. That's what I imagine. Yeah, <laughs> when I'm... That's really interesting, right. and we will definitely talk about that. Yeah, I'm gonna freak out. Yeah. I need to get in my bathtub. Whereas I feel like when you... It's a much more calming thing. Like, it's you're like, just like, relaxed I'm settling time. down to get in the bath and have a nice time, and I'm just like... Where is there a pool of water? I need to submerge myself <laughs> in this water. And sometimes when I'm really freaking out, I just am like... I need to be underwater, yeah. like right now. Yeah. Like that's how I feel. Like I need to be in my bathtub at this because, and we're both Sagittarius on Sagittarius moons. We do a lot of fire magic. Fire shows up big, big, big time yeah. in both of our charts, like, yeah. all over the place. Um, we're spicy girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so you have a Sagittarius stellium, I think, where you have four or more. Four, a stellium is four or more <laughs> planets. In one side. I have a lot of... Yeah. I don't know where my phone is right now. Oh, it's right there, but... Oh, yeah. I have, like, seven. Or six. Six or... In Sagittarius? Yeah. Oh, like, shit. I have a lot. It's crazy. I am crazy. Yeah. <laughs> forever wandering. I'm forever yeah. wandering. Explorer. Never satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting that your Venus is in Sagittarius, yeah. as is so many other parts of you. My I Venus know. was in Capricorn. I actually yeah. have a Capricorn stellium, which okay. is funny, with my big three all being yeah, fire, yeah. then I have this super grounded earth That's energy, good, too. That's good, nice balance. Yeah. If only it would work in my benefit, because I'm, I'm either... 100% this way, or totally not moving. <laughs> just depends on the side of pendulum you're on. That, yeah, what we what get prism, is. What side of the prism yeah, am I am I, am I? Um, So that's a new part of Wonder yeah. Witch, um, where we, we recap last week. We talk about the way that we did it. Um, really exciting yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, we are also going to stick to the regular parts of the podcast, where we each talk about our own thing that we learned. Yeah. And in as a... Focus. Intermission to those things. Um, we're gonna do our normal carpool. Yeah. So um, lead me in. Oh, so episode four. Yes, Jesse. Yes. I wonder which hmm. thing you're gonna teach me about and you this week. I'm gonna tell you. Tell me. So uh, we moved into Pisces season. <laughs> so I like to start with something and then bring it into another thing. So, that's why you got your fish makeup on. That's why I got my fish makeup on. So, I wanted to go sexy fish. Are you getting those vibes? Yeah, but so I got my fish makeup on. So, Pisces is the 12th sign of the zodiac. We talked a little bit about this on Aquarius right. Week, where we talked about the evolution through the signs. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Pisces is sometimes called the most highly evolved of the zodiac because it is 
rules, it naturally rules the 12th house. And that's the so, last house. And that's the last house. So the natural ascendant of the zodiac is Aries, okay. which is next. Right. Um, so if you loop all the way around, Pisces is the 12th house, which says to be the most evolved, which okay. we will talk about, um, what that really means. So the symbol of Pisces is two fish yeah. circling each other. Mm -hmm. um, it's a mutable water sign. Um, mutable meaning changing. It's a mutable sign, which means it's changing. It's okay. not a cardinal. It's not a, like a, you know, like a stagnant sign. Okay. <laughs> mutable water sign. Um, the two fish, it's sometimes said to have kind of a duality mm -hmm. to its nature in the similar way that like Gemini yeah. has a duality being two. Mm -hmm. Some of the signs have are, are like a lot more like representational in their symbolism. Okay. Pisces, super straightforward. Fish, yeah. water, depth unknown. Right. Just think of like the deepest, darkest, like Mariana Trench ocean floor shit. shit. Like yeah. that's Pisces. You'll never see. Yeah. Real, and then yeah. if you think of like a, the way I see Pisces is like, you see a big expanse of water mm -hmm. and then the way that it reflects the sky Ooh. to the point where you don't know which is the water and which is the sky. Gotcha. Like that's Pisces to me because it is just like this ever enduring like depth. Okay. Um, super emotional, super mm -hmm. intuitive, super connected above as below. Like, it's like a mirror. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Um, Pisces is ruled by Neptune. Um, it also rules the 12th house, like I said, which makes it the very last sign on the zodiac go around. Okay. And what I like to view that as the evolution of the signs. Mm -hmm. I like to consider that as not like how smart you are or right. how intuitive you are, but like how widespread is your focus? Okay. Okay, so let's think of Aries. Aries rules the first house. Right. Aries is a super direct, mm -hmm. actionable, right now, yeah. impulsive, happening right here, right now right. sign. Totally conversely, and as you move through the signs, that, that focus gets more and more widespread. Okay. If you remember when we talked about Aquarius, right. it was a very, like, humanitarian mm -hmm. kind of, like, society as a whole. Big picture. Big yeah. picture kind of mm -hmm. sign. Aquarius is 11th. Okay. So Pisces okay. is 12th. Um, so it's even bigger than that. Say so what? it's an even farther out view of kind of everything all at once. Like the omnipotence or something. Yeah, so while the first signs are a lot more focused on like relationships okay. and appearances and kind of like earthly pleasures mm -hmm. and like right here, right now, not saying that in a negative way. I just no. want to like be totally clear. Like that's not a yeah. bad thing, right. you know? You know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, like things like right. that are based in like personal, interpersonal relationships right. and, you know, earthly pleasures and, you know, mm -hmm. The things that make the body happy, right. kind of. The later signs kind of focus more on, like, ideas and concepts and, like, macrocosm yeah. kind of look. Um, so, that being said, Pisces is the 12th sign, is the highest evolution on this path of thinking. Pisceans are, like, the most intuitive, like, empathic and, like, universal thinking mm -hmm. of all the signs. Um... So a common description of Pisceans is that they are very dreamy yeah. and almost like not at home in this world. Gotcha, they're aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're very uh, imaginative, they have fantastic ideas, they're very sensitive mm -hmm. and very easily influenced by their environment. Um, Pisces that have, those with Pisces as their sun sign, um, 
are energized by compassion and have a spiritual motivation to serve others and their community. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do every sign. Um, but, like, a Piscean moon okay. is, like, extremely sensitive. Yeah. Okay. And kind of overly responsive. Okay. Um, they rarely feel grounded mm-hmm. and need to engage in, like, helping or healing work. Yeah. Like, to feel fulfilled. You'll also be able to feel this, like, watery, sensitive energy wherever Pisces, whichever house it's Pisces okay. occupies. Um, as previously mentioned, right. Pisces is the dreamer of the Zodiac. Okay. Um, so being so closely in tune with the universe, Pisceans have an almost psychic quality and mm-hmm. rely very heavily on their intuition. Mm. Um, however, intuitive divination through dreams is neither solely for Pisces, um, nor is it a new practice. Right. So today, we're going to be talking about dreams. Yay! <laughs> Ancient cultures relied on dreams and as like a sense of form of communication. Mm-hmm. They even would go so far as to do something called incubation. Right. Where you would go to like a divine place mm-hmm. and go to sleep and, you know, wait for the gods yeah. to like bring you a message. Right. Um, there were popularly held meanings for different symbols and different dreams. Right. And even like that would kind of come from the diviner, you mm-hmm. know, as a person who reads like tarot or oracles, you know. Essentially, there'd be, like, dream oracles where you'd go to them and you'd be like, I dreamt I was eaten by a frog. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, dream divination is called aniromancy. Say it again. Oniromancy. Aniromancy? Aniromancy? I'm not sure. If you know, tell me. So it wasn't until the end of the 19th century when, like, modern psychologists kind of started to look into dreams. So the ever-famous Sigmund Freud Mm -hmm. and Carl Jung began analyzing what dreams really are. They both agreed that the dreams, our dreams tell us about our unconscious selves, but Mm -hmm. they didn't agree on what they were telling us. Right. Um, Sigmund Freud, being Sigmund Freud thought it was about sex. It was all about phalluses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Freud could see a dick anywhere. Okay. This is a ball. Yeah. <laughs> so in your dreams, this candle, phallus. That's a phallus. This microphone, phallus. <laughs> like, everything was a dick. So Freud thought that dreams were the expression of our repressed sexual mm. desires right. and other impulses that we weren't acting on in our waking lives. Mm. He said that in our conscious life, you know, we were ruled by morality and right. rules and, like, things we weren't allowed to do. But in our dreams, we could take those liberties. We were much less inhibited. And if yeah. we wanted to act on these impulses and desires, we could in yeah. our dreams. Um, that being said, everything looked like a penis to Freud. Yeah. I wrote that. That'll be in the blog. <laughs> um, Young agreed that dreams are a representation of the unconscious mind, but unlike Freud, he didn't think it was just about sex. He had a little more complicated view. He believed that dreams could be reflective okay. in the sense of um, bringing up something from the past, mm-hmm. um, anticipatory okay. in the way that they could almost predict the future gotcha. or future events, um, or sources of great creativity. Mm. So rather than a way of acting on um, repressed desires, Carl Jung believed that dreams could be a tool Mm -hmm. to help us with solving problems 
faced by the conscious mind. Gotcha. So essentially, when you're awake, you have a problem. Right. You go to sleep, and your subconscious works on how to fix that problem. Yeah, okay. So like that's Inception, kind of. kind of. Like, you got little workers in there trying right. to fix it. <laughs> right. So, what? today, modern scientific evidence suggests that dreams don't really mean anything. Really? Uh, yeah. So, dream. they say that dreams are simply electrical impulses in the brain pulling on random thoughts and imagery stored from memories. They don't mean anything. That's what the scientists say. Um, researchers claim that we all have dreams, whether we remember them or not. Uh, so in clinical studies, researchers kind of analyze um, the different types of brain waves that um, are created in the brain. There's okay. four. You have alpha, beta, delta, and theta mm -hmm. brain waves, okay, I yeah. think. And I think... Theta waves yeah. are the ones that affect dreaming. And then you have the five stages of sleep. Right. So you mainly dream in REM sleep mm -hmm. um, or rapid eye movement mm -hmm. sleep. Um, and that's when um, that impacts not only when we dream, but like our ability to remember our dreams. Right. Okay. Um, so those who have difficulty sleeping or falling into this REM sleep may be less capable of managing their emotions in their waking life. Because scientists find that dreaming helps us process our emotions. So we basically encode and construct memories right. that are essentially processing our emotions as we dream. So your brain is in there, like those little yeah. workers in your sleep, like constructing memories and encoding these things into our brains. Yeah. So we're essentially processing them. As we sleep. And if you have difficulty sleeping or difficulty falling into REM sleep... You don't get a chance to do that. You don't have a chance to process that. Yeah. So you may have issues with that emotionally hmm. during the day. Gotcha. Um, and that being said, like, severe REM sleep deprivation can be linked to development of mental disorders. Mm. And if we don't process those emotions in our sleep, it can lead to a lot of personal anxiety gotcha. during the day. Okay. So, like, sleep hygiene is so important, yeah. you know, and people, you know, say, like, sleep deprivation will kill you before anything else yeah. does, you know. Because stress, it leads to stress. Right, because you're, number one it makes you incapable of, like... Handling and processing your emotions. That's bizarre. Yeah, so it's really also interesting. some really weird fucking dreams. So I'm like, what are those emotions I'm trying to process right okay. now? <laughs> I love that. Thank you for the segue. Um, some of the most common dream themes right now are teeth falling out. Right. Um, I have that. I've had those I've because had I've those. had braces twice. Yeah. I have a. I had a bridge. Yeah. Like all that stuff. Yeah. I like. I constantly have dreams about my bridge coming out yeah. um, that I don't have anymore. Gotcha. I have an implant now. Okay, yeah. You know, so it's like, I'll just, I have dreams where I'm, like, trying to put my teeth back in, and then I wake up and it's not. Um, I have dreams a lot of being, like, back in high school. Yeah. I have a lot of high school dreams okay. or college dreams yeah. where I'm, like, taking a test and I'm going, I'm 28, I don't need to be here, whatever that means. Um, and you were a bartender, you yeah. know. I have, I have you know, if dreams. you've ever been in the service industry, you have those, like, you are so fucked, yeah. so weeded on a Saturday night dinner service. I hear that printer in my sleep. Yeah. I still do. <laughs> to this day. I hear that printer to this day. I haven't worked in a kitchen in years, Shit, but, man. yeah, I'm telling you. Um, so sometimes 
You didn't say the one I thought you were going to say. Which one? The punching. The punching dreams where I always, every time I have a dream about punching, it feels like I'm punching through water. Yeah. Like, I hit a lot harder than this, but also, who am I beating up right now? (laughs) Yeah, I had a punching dream a few weeks ago, (laughs) and I was actually punching my partner in my sleep. We woke up in the morning, and he was like, you kicked my ass last night. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, you were literally punching me, like, as hard as you could. I've never done that before. But you didn't dream. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, so sometimes dreams can be taken literally. Sometimes, if you dream that you're pregnant, you are. Um, that's true. But uh, modern dream analysis states that dreams are usually a physical manifestation of a psychological problem or happening. Mm. Okay. So, like, a pregnancy dream can also indicate, like, a new beginning or a new idea or the start of a new yeah. project or yeah. something like that. Uh, so, I used to have recurring dreams of getting in a car accident or, like, flying off the road. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Me too. Like, off one of those highways. Yeah. Like, off the guard. You're going around the side and you're just going too fast. Oh, and then you're just sailing through the air. Yes. And usually I wake up because I'm like, I fucked up. Yeah. Or I've even had dreams of where I'm trying to drive from the back seat. Yeah. Have you ever had that? Like, your foot's yes. and your leg's not long enough to reach this, like... Um, and that's usually um, due to, like, feeling out of control in your life. Because, you know, driving, you're, like, in control. So, like, having driving dreams, like, where you're getting into accidents and stuff, I've never been in a car accident. I have no Me reason either. to dream about them. Straight up, just, like, pedal to the metal, and I go off, and I have that falling sensation. I wake mm-hmm. up, and I'm like, oh, shit. Falling, that feels real. Falling's a big one. Yeah, falling is, like, the number one most popular dream that people have and it's usually like red flag or out of control or she's like love it i love a red Um, flag so there's a lot of dream dictionaries where you can like kind of figure out how to use these to interpret your dreams like dreams that involve nudity like going to school naked is like a vulnerability thing or um death can usually be seen as an ending or like infidelity in a dream can be about lack of trust in a relationship mm. and stuff like that. Um, We've all had those. Yeah, right? <laughs> and whether or not it's actually... Ha- yeah, you wake you up, up mad, you're like, I know what you did in my dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're just like... You must be doing You cheated on me in my dream. They're <laughs> like, what? No. Shut up. Um... So that's really interesting, um, and that kind of got me thinking into, you know, we're talking about dreaming, right? so um, there's been a lot of popular buzz in the last, like, five years or okay. so about lucid dreaming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you mentioned Inception. Yeah. So, like, movies like Inception have popularized kind of this concept of being able to, like, control your dreams, yeah. or, like, move around inside mm-hmm. of them, or, like, being, like, waking dreams. Um According to research, about half of all people have had a lucid dream at some point in their life. What I was reading, it says that, like, only, like, 11% of people have Mm -hmm. them a couple times a month. Yeah. I feel like I do this all the time. Yeah, well, and it's like a muscle. Yeah. It's like kind of a muscle. You can work work. on it. Yeah. And I, um, as a witch in my 15 Mm -hmm. years of practice, tend to not use a lot of tools or a lot of instruction. Mm -hmm. The majority of my practice was mostly visualization based. So I worked, I did exercise that muscle. You know, I worked really hard on strengthening that. So oftentimes, you know, I'm dreaming and I'm like, oh no, we're getting to the good part. Go back to sleep. I want to do that. You know? So it's like, 
I feel like I dream really deeply. Very cool. But my partner says he barely dreams at all. Neither does my partner. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know what that is, so... Maybe they're not processing their emotions. They're not working that muscle. <laughs> uh, so, l- lucid dreaming, like other dreams, occurs during REM sleep. Mm-hmm. And um, it can occur spontaneously. However, those are those that claim they can train themselves to do it, mm-hmm. to begin doing it, or to increase their chances of right. doing it. You know, and you can find a million ways online that right. tell you you just have, like, a, a totem or you, or like, focus like on something. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. It just kind of sounds like meditation yeah, to me. Yeah, it is. You know, essentially, yeah. and falling kind of into that state. So, um, scientifically and medically, lucid dreaming is used to help people kind of, like, fight their fears. If people have, like, night terrors or nightmares, it gives people the control over that. So teaching someone to lucid dream and being able to, like, take yourself out of that um, is really helpful psychologically and, you know, physically, too. And then um, we talked about aniromancy. So there's drugs called anirogens, I think. Onerogens? I don't know. Like, someone please correct me. Um, And those are substances that influence a dream-like consciousness um, that can inspire lucid dreaming and are said to have, like, little to no effect on your waking conscience. Okay. So you, like, take it, it makes you lucid dream, you wake up, like, nothing ever happened. Um, So herbs like mugwort and valerian and stuff Mm -hmm. like that can kind of like influence dreaming yeah um but there are things that are like much stronger than that um what's the strong ones give me me the strong ones like Belladonna or some shit like (laughs) so um i looked up two okay so there's one very aptly named dream herb um calia turnifolia it is a flowering plant of the aster family native to Mexico and Central America. Okay. Smoking this herb, drinking it as a tea, or just leaving it under your pillow mm. is known to produce lucid or divinatory dreams. It is illegal in Louisiana. Only in Louisiana. Yeah, they tried to outlaw it in Tennessee, but they didn't. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, something that is outlawed in Tennessee, if you guys don't know, we're in Tennessee. Um, we're in Memphis. Um, what is outlawed in Tennessee is diviner's sage. Okay. Or more commonly known as salvia. <laughs> Man, I have some crazy salvia yeah. stories. Not personally, because so, I've never done it, but I've yeah. seen some So cool. long and continuous tradition of using salvia yeah. to facilitate this visionary state of consciousness. Um, it contains an opioid-like mm. hallucinogenic substance okay. that is consumed by chewing, smoking, or drinking tea from the leaves. So chewing on the leaves of salvia <laughs> will essentially re- like a release <laughs> that. Yeah, I don't know. They say that like you take like 12 fresh leaves. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Right. It's really highly regulated in a lot of places. Most Western countries regulate like the possession of, the sale of... It is not outlawed federally in the United States, but, like, half the states or something like that kind of have their own legislation. Um, So, these have been used for thousands of years in aniromancy. Um, But you got to be careful, you know, when you're playing around with, like, the lines of consciousness and the gateway there. Um, But it is a great way to understand what your subconscious is thinking. And what I recommend is the best way to kind of figure that out in your waking life is when you wake up, write it down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, keep a dream journal. Yeah. And and just do it for, you know, a week or a month or whatever it is, you know, and, and you'll kind of see like where those recurring things happen and stuff that you might not remember five minutes after waking up, you'll yeah. come back to and be like, oh, right, that's weird. I did dream about that. Yeah. And it might be kind of more of a key to seeing into like, what are we afraid of? Where does that come from? What are the anxieties that I'm, like, yeah. almost not admitting to myself? Um, it's like a dream diary. Yeah. So, um, that was that was what I learned about this week. And I think that we can all uh, use the spirit of the two fish and delve deeper into kind of, like, our Piscean dreaming capability. Yeah, so whether or not they are uh, looking to our future or just electrical impulses. And, they, like... And it's, I guess it depends on the scientist you talk to. Yeah, you it depends I mean? on any person that you talk to, you yeah, know. Because also... Some people are fully committed to the psychic abilities of, like, deja vu. I yeah. dreamt about this, I knew mm-hmm. it was going to happen, and now it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there are some researchers who will tell you that it's totally made up, and it's just your brain writing memories over other memories, and it's not real. But, but also, it's supposed to help you to yeah. deal with your emotions in your waking life, so... Yeah. Which is it, scientists? No, yeah. Kidding, that's what I said. <laughs> Inquiring <laughs> minds want to know. I know. Which, um, side, which side are you on? Yeah, but I personally think that it's like, sometimes your dreams are super wacky and they yeah. definitely don't mean anything, and sometimes they totally do. Yeah. And you can see, like, oh, that's an insecurity that I have, or that's, like, a weird thing I'm doing. I... Sometimes I feel like dreams, I have this weird thing where I think dreams are actually you waking up in, like, a parallel mm. universe or version of yourself. Taking it one step further. Yeah, like, and that's, we could talk about my time on that, but I think Well, you have all week to talk, week. to record your dreams. I wish you could, like, plug a cord into your, the back of your Right, like, download all <laughs> download. of it. But sometimes I'm like, I don't know, it's a little dicey, we might not want to go back there, but yeah, I think that sometimes when you're dreaming... Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's even that astral projection. You're, like, actually in another mm-hmm. parallel version of yourself. And maybe, like, tapping into lucid dreaming mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just keeping a dream journal and doing yeah. stuff like that can kind of help us, like, figure out what that is. Yeah. Because, like we said, you know, in the beginning, the Pisces, you know, the sign is almost, like, kind of not of this world. Right. I, I kind of like to view the zodiac almost as, like, the chakra mm-hmm. Um progression right so Pisces is like your crown it's like up here it's like that's where you like plug into the universe and that's kind of how their consciousness is like plugged in in that way so I don't see why that energy wouldn't be able to be harnessed in that way yeah. It can be. It's done. It's been yeah. done. You know. Yeah. Just haven't figured it out. Yeah. I haven't cracked the code. I've tried to do the... I've done it a couple times. Yeah. And I had a friends that were living with me, and we had, like, a friggin' triangle, like, prism headpiece that he would wear in, like, lucid dream and astral project. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> crazy. And he would do it, but... And there was also, like, he would tell me, like, you do it like a ladder. Like, imagine a ladder. Mm-hmm. Like, you're climbing up a ladder, and so you get in this state of you're about to fall asleep, but you keep yourself awake. It's, like, it's weird. It's a... Yeah. It's a balance. Yeah. I mean, that's Pisces, because it is. Like, a balance oh, yeah, of yeah. in between the, the worlds, because you're, like, in oh, between worlds. Oh, that's really interesting way to think yeah. about that. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Time um, to do our carpool. intuitive reading see how they make us feel and then you know we read from our books as we are still learning we are mm-hmm. always students yes. and see the overlap and the way that they correlate with 
not only our lives this week, but with the collective and kind yeah. of the mes the messages that we are bringing to you um, in this episode. Are you using your cool herbal deck? I am using the Herbal Tarot, mm -hmm. um, which is a deck that I've been using a lot lately. It's kind of become my primary deck mm -hmm. because it not only helps with um, my knowledge of tarot and my ability to draw in that way, each card is also associated with an herb or plant. Yeah. And that helps me with my herbal knowledge, too. Yeah, sure does. I usually do the Threads of Fate deck. Shout out to Threads of Fate, their oracle deck. This mm -hmm. week, though, I've been feeling called to do some, like, goddess work. Mm. Probably the whole moon blood thing and Venus. some other things I've been learning. And the Venus, mm -hmm. yeah, so... Talking about pull, some goddesses um, last week. Yeah, about the Doreen Virtue version, the goddess cards. Cool. They're pretty... So we're going to see which one of these ladies wants to come out and play this week. All right, so we'll I was almost going to do them like a card deck. You can. You can. <laughs> yeah, shuffle any way you want. Sometimes they jump out. They jump out for you a lot more often yeah. than they do for me. But watch so last week's episode. Yeah. Mine jumped out last. Yeah. You're like, okay. And All it right. wasn't Wild Yams. Yeah. If you are a Wonder Witch listener, you know I often draw the Wild Yams. <laughs> I think it's the Ten of Pentacles in my deck, and it's like root work. When you, yeah, when you pull the same cards a lot, it's usually like, hey, you're not paying attention. It's, it's like one of my favorites, Isis, and I actually learned that's not what I learned about this week, but she was part of it, and I learned something new about her, which was really good. Who are you? Fuck you. <laughs> God damn Why? What are you not working on that you need to work on? This is the third it, time. Is it the if you've been following along with Jesse and I, this is the this is the one. This I want to talk one that about keeps something knocking different. at the door. For those who can't see, uh, for those who are just listening, I literally just pulled the wild yam ten of pentacles again <laughs> after talking about it. And it's like this is a newer deck. None of them, none of them are bent. Nothing has anything no. spilled on it. There's no reason it would be sticky. And if you're watching, she clearly was shuffling. I was shuffling. I got goosebumps. It felt right. I pulled it out. Ten of Pentacles, wild yam. So obviously, you're telling me there's root work that needs to be done and here. I've been telling you, uh, yeah. So talk about Isis, and then I'll see if there's anything else I can say about this card. Yeah. So since we keep talking about it. <laughs> Jeez. So Isis, she's an Egyptian goddess. Past life is the message that she brings in this card. So situation involves your past life memories. Okay. As you can see, she's a beautiful winged goddess. I love that about her. She's got like a gorgeous wingspan. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, so a lot of air elements. She does give me a lot of like fiery elements too. So, and I love her horn. She's holding the ankh. I'm going to get that. Actually, I have a ring on. Mm. I like that right now. Cool. <laughs> Wow. But yeah, so she's super awesome. I've been diving into her more. I just got the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Oh, did you? Yeah, that I've been reading. Well, like a virgin. Yeah, it's yeah. not like the actual Egyptian Book of the Dead. I so. took a class in college that was about like death in art. Yeah. And um, I did a I did a whole paper on the Book of mm, the Dead. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. It's mm -hmm. very interesting. The Cleveland Museum of Art has a really excellent ancient Egyptian. So let me just tell you the first fucking sentence oh, of what? Isis. Because... 
So every time you get the tattoo, I always get a different card. Always and, different. But it's like always like an ally, like trying yeah. to like really. Well, you said it's about up. past lives. Yeah. And this says there's a sense of consolidation of past experiences. Yeah. So. So the message in the Dory Virtue book says, "Your roots upon this planet are strong and deep, and some of the roots have anchored you in past memories from faraway times. Mm. These roots have anchored you so deeply, in fact, that you're paralyzed when it comes to moving forward. Mm. I've called your attention to this condition so that you may unearth and uproot past memories." Sometimes you bury those memories to shield yourself from psychic pain and embarrassment. Mm. So you won't remember those awkward moments when life tested you to the maximum. I want to point out really quick that you talked about dreams. Yeah. And how it helps you deal with, like, emotional mm -hmm. things and stuff that happens. And not to mention what you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Right. Um, how that came to yeah. me in, like, my blood magic ritual. Yeah. yeah yep. Like, past trauma. Mm -hmm. So reveal those lessons to yourself now, strong sorceress, and move forward with the confidence that you have sage wisdom behind you mm. various meanings um get a past life regression to gain insights and answers you did that moon like what yeah, yeah. ancient fears from a past life are surfacing right now so also like you know mm -hmm. other lifetimes um you've known the person you're inquiring about in the past life your current situation relates to a childhood issue and then a little more about Isis, which is cool, gives descriptions. So she's the high priestess, the moon goddess, which I'm so moon-driven, so that's yeah, why I yeah, love yeah. her so much. She's regarded as one of the most important ancient deities because of her many functions and her vivid history. Hmm. She's simultaneously motherly and business-like, feminine and ultra-strong, so that Pisces, that duality mm. balance there. Um, she brought her murdered husband, oh yeah, Osiris, back to life, and oh. they conceived Horus. Um, Osiris was murdered beyond repair after the conception, and Isis devoted her attention to raising Horus. Yeah, and then she convinced the sun god Ra, blah, 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 blah. That's another she's thing. She's a mommy goddess. So she's a mama with the moon, like, all of that stuff. Wow, yeah. that's so interesting. And um, also, in reading that, um, the Ten of Pentacles, the card, and, and I know this, because this is the third or fourth time it's come up, no wonder I'm still not listening, the Ten of Pentacles, the card is saying, you have everything that you need. You have everything that you need to progress and to move forward. You have the talents, you have the support, you have the creativity, you have the wealth, you have the power, you have the friends, you have everything that you need, which is what that just told us. Yeah to move forward, mm -hmm. to move on. And yeah, I guess there are places personally in my life where I feel stuck. I'm sure we all do, mm -hmm. rooted in kind of the same behaviors or the same yeah. experiences or almost kind of reliving the same thing over mm -hmm. again. And, that loop? and after this past year, I think that that's shaken up a lot of energy for all of us, yeah. you know, and I know personally that it's like, okay, it's time to be done. Yeah. You know, and there's some stuff to let go of and there's some stuff to move on from and there's no reason to be afraid of that because no. you have all the tools you, you need. You have everything you need. How many more times <laughs> do I need the wild yam to tell me this? Am I, I'm... Maybe I should start Maybe it's listening. all that Capricorn energy. Your, what do you call it? Your Oh, stellium. yeah. Your, what's it called? My your, stellium. Your stellium, you know, maybe, because they're very Just stubborn. going, this is fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, this is fine. We'll stay right here. This is working, so I'm just going to keep doing this thing that keeps working. Yeah, this says that, um... you bought in the yam since getting all of these? Yeah, I buy them every week. That's all my dog eats. Are you eating the yams? No. I feed them to my dog. Well, your dog's not pulling the fucking Ten of Pentacles, Jesse. <laughs> There's probably ten yams in my house as we speak. My dog... Is a fucking yam or something? <laughs> I almost He's... made one the other day and yeah, I didn't. You know? 
Yeah. I feel the abundance of my life and fully embrace it. This is an affirmation so we have all heard yes. in the past few weeks because I keep pulling this card. Well, you're putting up a lot of resistance to the am, so do the work. Help me like that on I our podcast. You, I love you. Okay, I feel real. the abundance yes. of my life and I fully embrace it. Say it with your chest. I just know that this is telling me to have a baby. Well, the Isis is motherly. I can't remember what we got last time, but... I don't know. I'm just, like, so in a place where i got baby fever. Like, oh. Alright, are we cool? Yeah. Um, so cool. I'm gonna get my glasses off. <laughs> All right, so I will. So look, I'm not looking. <laughs> Usually I have paper, but I'm pretty sure I broke my printer earlier, so. She threw it I on the floor. I threw it. No, I didn't. I just realized we're both floral. We go. We both have pink flowers today. This was unintentional too. Look at yeah. that. With the black, with the black skinny jeans. Ooh. I don't care what the kids say. I don't say. care what the kids I'm say so about skinny aware. jeans, about that crop tops, fantastic. and skinny right. jeans. At least we do have the middle part, though. That's that's what. Is do you that have a middle part? No, middle part is good now. I usually have a yeah, middle part. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Middle part's good now. The side part's the bad one. Um, the side part. Yeah, but crop tops, <laughs> I'm skinny fucking jeans. fucking kids. You know what? Yeah. I'll do whatever the hell I want. That's how do. we know we're old. Right. When we're just like, damn these kids and their <laughs> fashion damn trends. Kids. First of all, fucking low rise baggy jeans. Get out of here. Dude, I, I you see this? Underwear. You see this? I'm never going back to low rise. I've got, so I wear low, I've got boyfriend jeans, but yeah. they're, like, loose. Right, and those are cool. But, like, what? Those are cool, they're trendy. Yeah, they're trendy. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. She's trendy. Trendy. All right, um, Ashley. Hey, that's me. I wonder which topic you chose to read about this week. So, I chose something this week I knew a little bit about, but mm. I wanted to gain more knowledge on, and I kind of okay. wanted to know, like, the why, the why do we do it, like, I do it, but I don't know why, or what the fuck, or where it came from. So this week, we're going to talk about candle magic. Ooh, candle magic! I like and it's fun, too, because you have, like, fun stuff to do. Yes. All right, so, let's start about it. So I wanted to do it, because, like I said, like, the hell, the, where did it come yeah. from? The history behind it, because we're nerds over here. So, like, the science, the history, we're all about it. In general. Oh, look, I've got my outline notes. All professional. Oh. Candle magic. And also note the shape of the candle right now, oh. which is a taper. We'll a taper. Talk a little bit yeah. about that. Um, okay. All right, got it. Hit me. Because we talk me. about that a lot. Fire magic, yes, candle magic. We we're, are like, self-proclaimed candle witches. witches. I feel like yes. I know about that. And so. But maybe yeah. I don't. So, yeah, and talking about candle magic, I want to talk about, like, the... So, yeah, we don't know everything about it, mm -hmm. but the correspondence as far as, like, color, the moon phases, shape, dressing candles mm -hmm. with herbs, oils, sigils, all of that stuff. So let's start with the history a little bit. Let's go Let's go back. Let's go back into time. And, like, where did candles come from? Yeah, let's take it on back. Let's check it on back. And then if we're talking about fire, it was a pretty big discovery for, like, ancient civilizations in general. Talk about Egypt, because I love Egypt. Egypt, archaeologists have found that they're kind of the first ones, from the research I did, that kind of did candles. Mm. <laughs> um, they found candle holders, like dating back to 4th century BC. So yeah, 
they were thought to produce the first ones. And they did this by dipping reeds into animal fat mm. or beeswax. Animal fat was actually called tallow. So mm-hmm. I learned a cool word. Mm-hmm. But they would pour it over like hemp or flax or cotton, pretty much like any fibrous substance. And that was the wick. Yeah, and that's what they did. Romans also made candles in this way, beginning around 500 BC. And then they kind of went down this thing of, like, different, what they use differently and stuff. So, like, the Chinese dynasty, they made it out of whale fat, which I was Oh, like, okay, blubber. Yeah, blubber. So they would make it out of whale fat. And then I was like, okay, like, did everybody kill animals to make this? Like, obviously they weren't doing liposuction on these things to get mm. the fat. So were there any, like, environmentally safe ones? And there were. So Japanese traditions, of course, they would use Japanese sumac trees. So pretty much, like, tree nuts, seeds, they would grind it down, oh. and that's how they were using the wax. In India, mm-hmm. which I found this really interesting, and I kind of mature because I'm like, how? But they would boil cinnamon to make, like, a substance hmm. and turn it into a wax, um, and they would use those for their temple candles and stuff because cinnamon's just tree bark yeah so yeah the same sense and i think about my cinnamon so that's a curious Mm -hmm. thing right to kind of experiment with in tibet they used yak butter so like butter made from yak yeah from yak's milk so if you have a yak and you want to milk it you can make candles like that one of the most interesting candle materials i guess that i found in my research was going to be the indigenous people from like Oregon to the Alaskan region like back in first century so they used let me see the name of it so I don't butcher the name of this fish so it was a fish called a eulachon correct me e-u-l-a-c-h-o-n but translates into candlefish and yes so they would dry these fish create like a pitched fork and light the fish on fire (laughs) Voila! <laughs> That's a candle. <laughs> they didn't like dip them in anything. No, or the oil from the fish is what produced the flame. So they would just dry the fish out, stick it on a fork, and light it on fire. Like I gotta know. It's a candlefish. I gotta know how they figured it's that out. Pretty crazy. So. That's a little bit about, like, fire and, like, where the candles came from. And other than them being, like, a source of light, there's also a lot of religious, like, significance. So, like, in Rome, while they mostly would use oil lamps and stuff, um, candles were widely used. And they were given as gifts to celebrate a festival for Saturn in Mm. December. Hmm. Yeah, the god Saturn, which I learned last week when we were talking about, like, how the... I didn't even realize the planets were named after which I thought was interesting. So I thought about that when I was just like, oh, okay, is that, that um Saturnalia? Yes, yeah, Saturnalia. Yes. Yeah. Right. The so festival of Saturn. Yes, that's what it is. The that's festival. like right around Christmas time. It is around. They celebrate it. It's like the eve to Christmas kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yes, absolutely. So in India, putting candles in temples in front of the gods and goddesses is a part of ceremony, and that's something they still do today. You know, in paganism, we have Yule, the, the Yule log, so you're actually light candles on the Yule log mm. to, like, you know, get things going in ancient Egypt again, and this is where Isis came in. So they oh. actually would light candles in the temple of um, Isis day and night, and it was kind of like a beacon of hope and of life in the afterlife. So mm-hmm. they would just keep them lit in Isis's temple. So that's where, that's funny that I pulled her for that. Was just of like, course. Oh, you should make it a little bitch. Um, <laughs> and then in ancient Greece, there is a story, and I'm very moon-driven, and mm-hmm. Isis is also a moon goddess, but in Greece, the moon goddess is actually Artemis. And so what they did, and tell me if this story sounds familiar. Okay. So for Artemis, they would bake round cakes, and they would put candles in them and light the candles, 
they would blow out the candles, and then they would say that the smoke would carry their wishes to the gods on Mount Olympus. Does that sound like familiar tradition that we do today? Yeah. 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 Birthday candles. Birthday candles. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's where that came from. Now, I did see some stuff saying, like, in Sweden, there was, like, a little bit of mythology there, but mostly that's where it comes from. Like, huh. mist and birth. So you're doing magic when you're blowing out. I actually found a really interesting Because you're wishing. Yeah. yeah. So it's a form of spell work. So that was, like, kind huh. of some of the first forms. So cool. Isn't that neato? Yeah. There's a little of the history mm-hmm. of what happened there. It's kind of been dating back to when fire came. So fire is really important. And if you're a practicing witch, just the ceremony of fire just signifies that element and the energy that you're drawing from mm-hmm. it. And we like to light shit on fire over here. It's kind so, of our thing. Yeah. My main reason for getting into it was, because I do a little bit of candle magic, but I more so wanted to know about, like, reading the flames and doing flame readings and things like that. And just like, why do we do candle magic? And what it is, is it's a visual, like a visualization, Mm -hmm. like an anchoring tool. It's our intentional divination tool. Mm -hmm. And we're using as a visualizing anchor to whatever intention or magic that we're trying to put out there. We'll start with the basics and we'll start with some colors. We're just going to do like three or four for the sake of time. When I was a baby witch, I was never, ever, ever able to remember... Past, like, green is money. Right. You know what I mean? I was never able to remember what the colors signified. And, you know, it's interesting because some of the colors, they're tied to chakras. So if you mm-hmm. know some of the basic properties of chakras, you can, or, you know, it's kind of like common things, yeah. you know? And so, like, white. Let's talk about white. Yeah. And white is always going to be a good candle to use. And, like, all of this being said, if all you have are, like, birthday candles lying around or white candles, mm-hmm. remember, this is, like, 90% visualization 10% tools like when it comes to magic so whatever you got but you're trying to hide the chakras so if you mm-hmm. know some of the basic properties of chakras you can or so like white let's talk about white yeah and white is always going to be a good candle to use and like all of this being said if all you have are like birthday candles lying around or white candles mm-hmm. remember this is like 90% visualization 10% tools like when it comes to magic so whatever you got but if you're trying to get real fancy because I like to get fancy here we go so white is going to connect you to, to your higher self. Mm. Um, think about purity. Think about blessings, purification, spirituality, healing, like anything in those crown chakra areas, your third eye area, anything like that. It's great for a lot of things. So white is going to kind of be a go-to for just divination work in general. Then you have your black candles. And mm. so when you think of black, you know, it's banishing negativity, protection, Pride, binding spells, anything kind of in that realm. Red candles, Mm -hmm. they're going to aid you in your intentions for like strength and passion, love, of course, Mm -hmm. like lust spells, fast action, charisma, career. You know, it's going to be a lot of like root, like your lower chakras Mm -hmm. are going to be where you're working with your red. And then of course, green, like you said, money, luck, physical healing, abundance, releasing jealousy. So it's like a really... Think about the colors, too. Like, when you're doing spell work and you're releasing things, you can also mix colors. You know what I mean? You can mix and do, and that's also where the herbs and the oils kind of come in. That's where it's exciting because you can create your own spells and cater them to, you know, whatever you're feeling at the time. Like, I did the money drawing spell this week, and I just put together things that I thought... It's up on the Instagram if you want to make it out <laughs> because it's really fun. And then, like I said, if you notice, so the tapered candle, mm-hmm. something interesting that I've learned about is the shape of your candle can actually amplify your magic too. And they really? have different purposes. 
your tapered candle is going to be perfect for any ritual. Like anytime you're doing some sort of ritual. So like I have it lit every time we do the podcast. I always light that candle because it's our ritual. It's how we like attune into it. Mm -hmm. um, and then for like your spell work, votive candles, like the little votives or like a pillar candle are best. And then if you're doing divination, really any all three of those will work. So you can do the taper, you know, and there's a lot more, like I said, we'll put that on the blog. Cause there's like a list of yeah. what you could do as far as candle shapes and stuff. Um, and these are all just adding like extra potency to your magic. So got some colors down. That's so cool. Yeah. I never knew that shape did that. Yeah. That it, it mattered. And you can even do, like, I've got one of the goddess figurine candles. So right. You can even use those to represent god and goddess work that yeah. you're doing and stuff like that. And it does. And it just adds extra, like, helpers. Who doesn't mm -hmm. like helpers? Like, it's just extra little helpers in there that are, you know, letting your message be heard. Mm -hmm. um, we'll talk a little more about that. So dressing your candles. What is that? What's dressing your candles? Do we put little dresses and like little hats and stuff on them? That's an idea. <laughs> Why do we dress candles? Mm -hmm. When I say dressing candles, I'm talking about herbs, oils, because you'll need those to get them to stick, or you can sprinkle them in the flame. Sigils, and if you don't know what sigils are, um, sigils are going to be, they're pretty much like an energetic representation of your energy, the words, the intention that you have behind your spell work. And they can be something as simple as creating a shape out of the letters of whatever you're doing, an image that evokes a certain emotion out of you. You can also do, we like to use runes here. So, and that's like a quick two guide. Like if you're like, I'm gonna be lazy and I don't wanna make a sigil right now, which totally fine, there's a guideline of mm -hmm. runes. Um, we can even put some of those on the blog if, yeah, to. or even just write the word you're yeah. thinking about. Mm -hmm. Then I was gonna say, you can even like just the write the word. Yeah, lazy. <laughs> and you can do that. And just write your name. Just the names. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to our friend Chrissy this week actually, and mm -hmm. it was funny because she's telling me the story we were talking. She's like, and I did mad candle magic. And I was like, that's what I'm learning about this week. And she was like, yeah. And she just write. And I asked her if I could talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I did ask her. And she was like, I just wrote wrote the names on them. Mm -hmm. Like, I have a sigil, but I just write the names. And, like, because mm -hmm. she did a couple different kinds of spells and, like, candle magic spells. And I was like, oh, tell me what you did. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually tried out one of them. Um, it was kind of like a releasing anything that no longer serves you, like, ah, cutting spell. Uh -huh. And she just wrote the names and wrote the things on the candle and lit it. And, like, it was pretty cool. So I did that after talking to her, which was super awesome. So let me bring it back down. Okay. Bring it back down. So we're dressing the candle. Mm -hmm. um, and what these are, and, like, they figured out in ancient Egyptian texts and stuff that they were burning herbs and stuff. Yeah. Because think about incense. Think about all those things. It's another way to kind of tune you in to the spell work that you're doing. And it's also an interesting correlation because when you're doing candle magic and you're dressing these candles, you're bringing in all the elements. So if you think about it, you've got the oil and the liquid and the viscosity of water there. Yeah. You've got the smoke from the candle, like the candle smoke. And also what we're going to talk about is like blessing everything before doing it with incense mm -hmm. or ritual smoke or whatever. You've got that. You've got the fire. You've got the herbs, which is the earth mm -hmm. and which represents Mother Gaia, which I read oh. that somewhere and I never, like, <laughs> it's like literally, yeah, plants. it's literally Mother Gaia is like oh, represented geez. in this. So yeah. So yeah, so that was interesting. It's things that I knew but never like looked at it from that 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So going back to the visual visualization aspect, you're going to gather all your materials to dress your candle. So you've picked your candle color and you've picked different herbs. And so when we're working with herbs, and I want to point out, I like to whisper to my herbs and I like to talk to them. Pretty much you're giving them a job. So herbs have different properties mm -hmm. and they can be used for different things. That's why it's really important to speak the intention into them. Mm. I mean, you don't have to be like me where I'm like, like whispering sweet nothing. <laughs> or, or you can, but it's what you're doing is you're downloading to them what it is they need to do. Because like, for instance, clove can be used in spells for love. It can also be used in spells for protection. Same with mm. rosemary. Mm -hmm. Rosemary can be used for spells for sleep, but it can also be used for purification. So it's like you're pretty much you're giving it a task. Yeah, that um, makes and, a lot of sense. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and it's just, it gives, you know, that it lets them know what they're supposed to be doing. Same with the oils. And you can use any carrier oil mm -hmm. and essential oils. I like to use both. As a disclaimer, though, if you're going to use an essential oil, do cut it with a carrier oil. Lavender is one that you can put directly on your skin, but like other oils will burn your skin. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're rolling these candles, you know, whether it be stroking them, which I like to do, or rolling them on a plate, <laughs> you don't want to burn your hands because they will give you chemical burns. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm sorry. For those of you at home that don't see the video, it's marked uh, parental advisor. Yeah, we just had a very illustrious stroking motion for that, so we're just bringing back. We're all about the visualization. The here, Freudian phallic <laughs> stuff we were talking about earlier. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, so, um, you gather all of your things, right? Mm -hmm talked about all that. Speaking the intention into the herbs, into the oil, um, and what you're doing also is giving them gratitude. And it's mm -hmm. just saying thank you for helping me with this magical work. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that circle of life thing. You're kind of receiving, so you want to give something back. Speaking our intentions to herb, we've rolled it. We've rolled our herbs in our candle and all that jazz. Um, but what about sigils? Do we want to put the sigils in? Mm -hmm. You can carve them directly on there. You can write them on paper. That's also something Chrissy and I talked about where she, mm -hmm. you know, will just write stuff on paper and burn it, which mm -hmm. we love to burn things. Right. You can do either one, whatever you feel called to do. Yeah. And that's how we do our yeah. full moon ritual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Carve stuff. I'm, I mean, I use the back of my incense half the time, like the incense yeah, stick. Right, yeah, right, right. Uh -huh. You know, but we also use the ritual paper to burn it. So mm -hmm. it's really about, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but like there's different ways you can do it for different moons and all that jazz. And we're using all that stuff to like the main purpose of why I was so interested in the candle magic. Flame reading. Ah! Um, yeah, so similar to like tea leaf readings or palm readings, you can mm -hmm. read the flames. And all kinds of traditions have done this, and they all kind of have the same premise as far as like candle meanings. And there's like a list of like 10 or 11 different ways you can read a candle. So I advise you to do your own research too in this journey that we're all doing together. Um, but I'll give you some and I'll put some in the blog. Let's start with the main ones. All right, the clean burn. Ooh. So this is when you light the candle and it's just burning nice and clean. Mm -hmm. um, no pops, no cracks. It's not really big. It's not really small. It's just doing its thing. Yeah. Um, so look at this as pretty much your magic's working, but like no news is good news. You don't need to really do anything. Everything's kind of happening the way in the time that it's going to happen, mm -hmm. just sit back, relax, let it do its thing. So then we have the big flame. So this is when like the flame is clearly higher than normal is kind of going high up there. That means your magic's working really fast. So it's typically a good sign. That means like 
stuff's happening. It's going to happen quicker than you thought. Mm. You don't have to do anything else. Just be confident that your wishes are coming to fruition. That happens to <laughs> us a lot. Yes, it does. We, we like shit. nearly yeah, burned down like, my apartment several more times. Than once. Yeah, <laughs> more, than once. more than once. And we're just like, it's working! Here we like to burn the carpets and stuff. So yeah. like, then you have the little flame. So it's not necessarily dying, it's just low, it's even, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Your magic's working, it's just not gonna happen in the way you want it to, it's not gonna happen in the time frame. Mm. Pretty much be patient. Sit your ass down and be patient. <laughs> That's what that means. Um, so that's good. So then you also have the one that it goes out, like it drowns in its own wax, so you can't keep the candle lit. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's ever happened to us. Not but with us together, no, not but with us together. that's definitely happened with me on my own. Okay, so mm-hmm. what that's indicative of is that you need to do a little self-care. Mm-hmm. You don't, your energy wells aren't, like, you either have opposing forces, so it, I guess it depends on the magic that you're doing. Mm-hmm. There's either a person or a situation or something that's opposing your magic, you're not asking the right question, mm. or it's a time for you to do some self-care mm-hmm. and to fill that energetic cup, in a sense, because you don't have enough to give it the fucking oomph that it wants. Huh. You know? And then, so one that I thought was really cool, because it happens a lot when we do spell work, um, but I know it happens when I'm doing it, the flickering flame. Mm-hmm. And that means that there's spirits about. Ooh. Usually in a good sense, but it means that somebody's listening. Like, oh. regardless of whatever's happening, there's spirits. Yeah, there's spirits around and they're listening. Regardless of anything happens, at least somebody's listening to your bullshit or whatever. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. So those are just a couple ways that you can interpret flames. And like I said, there's a bunch. And then it also goes into sometimes your flame goes strong for a little bit. So it's actual divination work, like I said, like whether it be like with the tea readings or even tarot cards, like mm-hmm. anything like that, where you're doing it as a whole. So when you're doing candle magic, also disclaimer, don't leave your candle unattended. So clearly you're going to be doing, you're going to be sitting with that candle. And when you're doing the flame reading, you're watching like the smoke, you're watching the way the flame dances, you're watching which way. Really easy, so lazy magic, because I know you like that. Love it. There was even a way that said, so kind of in the same sense as a pendulum, you can actually write yes or no on either side of the candle, and whatever way the candle, like, that's one, in, like, situations you're asking, like, a yes or no question, Mm -hmm. you can just write on the candle, Mm -hmm. see which way the candle dances, or, like, ask it, like, in kind of the sense of a pendulum in that same way. Very Um, interesting. Very interesting. So you can do that. But the biggest thing is, is you want to take the time with it, because it's a ritual, Mm -hmm. and so it can be interpreted, you might have a high flame, and it might start flickering and it might go low for a little bit and it's really just about you concentrating on that flame Mm -hmm. taking notes and seeing what messages come out and how it is as a whole Mm -hmm. which i thought was really cool which i thought was really really cool anyways (laughs) my favorite of this freaking computer over it um so the last thing i want to touch on is the moon magic aspect okay um because obviously um, on the lunar crystalline side, we do the ritual boxes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know what our new moon does. You know, your new moon, you're releasing stuff and all that jazz. And the full moon, you're bringing stuff to fruition. But I wanted to talk a little bit about, like, the other moons. Because we do have other phases of the moons. And you can do spell work that's specific for those phases. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your relaxing crescent. That's going to be good for spells, for intentions, and hope. Mm. Um, your first quarter moon is going to be good for overcoming any challenges and making important decisions. And then 
that's coming up into your waxing gibbous, which is going to be a time to adjust and refine anything that you're putting out there for the full moon. Mm. So like this week coming up would be a great time. It's our waxing gibbous. So mm-hmm. it would be a great time to kind of fine tune what it is that you're going to do for the full moon kind and, of thing. And waxing gibbous is when it is more than halfway, but uh-huh. not yet full. Mm-hmm. Got it. So waning is going to be when it's less than the first quarter or less than the quarter moon. Wait, Waxing well, is when it's over the quarter. Because there's a first quarter and a second quarter. Wait. Okay. So the crescent mm-hmm. is when it's in between new and the second quarter. It's that first quarter. And and waxing is when it's getting bigger and waning is when it's when getting, getting smaller, smaller. But there's a crescent on each side. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. the waxing crescent mm-hmm. is your first quarter. Right. No. So it goes new moon, waxing crescent. Yeah. First quarter, waxing gibbous, full moon. Then it goes waning gibbous, second quarter moon, waning, waning crescent, crescent, new moon. New moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess I, I guess I didn't realize there was a word for that part in between the half and the full. Yeah, so and that's, that, gibbous. that's gibbous, and that's what gibbous okay. is. Yes, um, and then yeah, it's on, it's either waxing or waning. Got it. I'm tracking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, your wax. So adjusting for the full moon, we know what the full moon does, and then your waning gibbous. So that's when it's going down towards the second quarter moon is good for gratitude spells. So mm. think about, like, you know, you do your full moon work. It's like giving gratitude to the universe or whatever power you're working with that your shit's good. You know what I mean? You've done the work. You've given it off. Thank you. Thank you for doing the work. So mm-hmm. that's, like, an extra potency to your magic for that. And then the second quarter moon is a good time for release, letting go, for giving others or yourself even. So doing a lot mm-hmm. of, like, inside work, going internal, mm-hmm. not really, like, getting out and about. Then you have the waning crescent. Um, that's good for re- surrender, recuperation, getting ready for the new moon when we're just releasing everything. Yeah, so that was cool. And like I said before, if you have white candles, you got birthday candles, if you got little pieces of wax, like from old candles, and you got to melt it together and put it into one, do it. Because at the end of the day, it's whatever intention's going behind yeah. it. And it's a practice. I tend to be a little more on the ritualistic side where I like to make more of a show for myself for it because it makes me, you know, that's just how I, I'm visually like that. Mm-hmm. I think you're more of like the in here visual. Yeah. I like to touch thing. I'm more of like, I just want to touch all my things and like pretend I'm in like an old timey movie doing witchcraft. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just my personal preference. So this is all just information. Um, But I just found it very interesting and how you can really tie in all of those elements. Like you're really tying in like the circle of life, the phases Mm -hmm. of the moon and you're like fine tuning your practice into something special that's for you. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's pretty cool. I learned some new things this week with the candle magic and that's, stuff. That's really interesting. I have I have a couple questions, okay. but I just like I'll do my, my best to answer. But them. just like my main <laughs> comment and that is that it's like that's so cool that not only you picked something that like you already kind of thought you knew about, mm-hmm. but it's like you and I are self-professed like candle witches. Yeah. Like we do a lot of candle magic mm-hmm. and I never thought about how differently we do that. Yeah. Like, between the two of us. Yeah. You know, I use any old candle. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've poured 
a lot of candles, but, yeah. like, I, I rarely, like, put intent, you know, I, right. I pour a candle because it's, like, an old candle I melted, mm -hmm. you know, and I just, like, write, I inscribe them a lot, yeah. and then I kind of just let it go, yeah. and that's usually what I do. I never even really started dressing candles mm -hmm. with, like, oil or herbs until you and I started practicing yeah. together. I never did that. Yeah. I didn't even think about it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and bringing in yeah. those aspects of, like color significance mm -hmm. and those things and and I like that you said that that's kind of like personal preference and yeah. it just makes it more meaningful for mm -hmm. you because I do I do a lot of like visualization yeah. work because I, I'm not going to the candle store like yeah. I just you know I'm just not and doing that in that sense so only because you keep getting the wild yams and root work is something that might be like a thing mm -hmm. maybe because to me, the ritual is more grounding. It keeps yeah. you more on this plane, but also is like a tether. Because the candle magic is a, like a literal, like, etheric tether to you and source. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe mm. by doing more of that stuff and like more intentional candle magic, it'll help you be a little more grounded and not it's so a good much, idea. you know? That Pisces energy of like the duality. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? One of my questions was um, with the moon phases. Yes. So typically, <laughs> you know, I've, I've done, like, I have the books, right? Right. Like, I've looked it up where yeah. I'm like, you know, what, if I'm trying to do a, a, a certain spell yeah. and I'm just like, what's the best moon phase to do this spell, right? Hit me. Hit me. But, but I'm just saying, like, usually I'll look it up and it'll be like, a waxing crescent currently, yeah. and they'll be like, the best time to do this is a waning gibbous moon. And yeah. I'm just always like, fuck it. Right. You know, so it's like, do you personally believe that the moon phase is really that significant in performing those spells? Or do you think that, like, the intention behind it is just as good because you're doing it, you're doing magic when you're doing it, or is that something that you should, like, wait to so do? So that's, like, a heavy question. Yeah, it's like, so, is it, so there's two sides to that. Because usually I'm like, I want to do this spell now. No. I don't wait. So, yes and but, no. Would that mean it might not work? No. I don't think that it will not work. I think that the potential that it has mm -hmm. won't be as great as it would be if it was correlated with the moon. Mm. Because if you think about it, and being a woman in general, mm -hmm. we're ruled by the moon. Sure. I mean, we literally, and we talked about that last week with the moon blood, like, we are literally a physical representation of the cycles of the moon. Right. So, I feel like your intention is your intention. Mm -hmm. If your spell is going to come to pass, or whatever you're trying to will into your life is going to come to pass, it's going to if that intention is behind it. Mm -hmm. Do I think that it would hurt to correlate the energies that literally are affecting the water on this earth and the water inside of our bodies, like, mm -hmm. to utilize that while we do our spell work? Yeah. Do I think it would be a bad thing or would help it to work a little bit better? Yes, absolutely. But I don't think it would hurt it not to. Mm -hmm. um, I just think, too, a good way to look at that, if you're wanting to do a certain kind of spell and it might not be on the cycle of the moon that corresponds with that, is that really the spell work you need to be doing at that time? Because uh, sometimes we think, right some, the you know, but think about it, because sometimes, <laughs> She's like, we, always there to tell me to get saying, my head out of the cloud. Because that was another thing I was You're learning right. about with the candle magic. It's like sometimes what we want to, to happen or what we think is what we need is yeah. not what we need. And that's sometimes why the spell 
magic the candle, it doesn't work. Because, so when the candles go out, yeah, they're like, because that's not, right not the now, question. Jessie. Yeah, that's not the question. That's not the time to do it. So yeah. then maybe it's about writing that down or writing it on your calendar when that phase of the moon will be and then revisiting that spell at that time and seeing if it still resonates. You mean planning ahead? (laughs) And not doing spontaneously on a whim? And not necessarily, it's just a thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Like maybe that's not the spell that you need to be doing. So maybe pick something else and then test yourself and see if it corresponds with what that phase is. Like before, you know what I mean? Like You mean the shit I'm trying not to look at? Or don't look at it. (laughs) But do I think that it would give it that extra oomph? Absolutely. Because like I said, as women and as Mm -hmm. womb-based beings Mm -hmm. we work with the cycles of the Mm -hmm. moon so if you want to be like a super just like you felt something when you put the moon blood oh yeah on your face you know what i mean it's that connection to feminine it's that connection to source i'm gonna put it on a candle (laughs) that was another thing you can dress your candles with that or sprinkle the dried like i said i have oh drying so sprinkle that or dress your candle with the dried Mm -hmm. and that's like super powerful stuff so it's a matter of perspective and preference and it's about that as practicing witches it's about being open-minded and Mm -hmm. you might not necessarily practice it that way but understanding Mm -hmm. the potential that it holds Maybe if I start getting a little more ritualistic with my candle magic, I'll stop pulling the wild yam. Maybe. <laughs> maybe because, you know, it's like, it's root work, you know? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah so 100%. Totally. Maybe you should, like, dry some wild yams and fucking dress your candle with that. I don't know. You I know? just <laughs> light a yam on fire. Is this what you want? Is this what you want? Ten of pentacles? I don't understand. No. I have everything I need to make a candle out I of I am going to whittle... A candle out of a yam, dip it in wax, and light that some Dude, bitch that's on a fire. Idea right there. And be like, is this what you want from me? What are you asking? I like I'm pulling the card, I'm reading the yes. description. I think that I'm doing it. I'm clearly not doing it. But it's like so, and that happens. With They're like, yeah, you the cards thought you, think you are, but sometimes we pick and choose what we want to work on mm-hmm. out of them, mm-hmm. and usually it's the thing that we have the most resistance to. That yeah. is the fucking lesson we're supposed to be learning from that. Card. Always walk through that fire. Yeah. You never you walk. Yeah, you fiery bitch. You walk you up to the fire. fire. My dad. This is a great little anecdote to sign off with. But my dad uh, always used to talk about personal problems yeah. in this metaphor, as if you're. You're wandering through this dark forest, yeah. and you're walking on your path. It's your life path. You're wandering around. You come to a clearing, and there is just this giant, just flaming crucible, giant flaming archway directly in the middle of your path, right? And if you got to keep going on your journey, yeah. you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. You have to. Yeah. And more often than not when we get to that clearing when we get to the fire we look at that and we go i'm not fucking going through there absolutely not and you can spend all of your time like wandering around in this dark ass forest looking for a different way to go and it's always going to wrap you around right back back to that spot and we can spend 20 years of our life doing that you can spend an entire lifetime wandering around in the dark when we know the way we have to go is through that fire. And then when you finally make that decision, when you finally take that leap, when you finally go, all right, fuck it. I've been wandering around in this forest. There's nowhere else to go. Oh, I know. I wander over here. You have to go (laughs) 
through it and you yeah. finally do it and it is that like clarifying burning rebirth it's not even that bad like it's not even that bad side, you're like is it over oh it's over and then you get to the other side and there is your clarity yeah it burns away all the bullshit that you didn't need to bring yep. with you you know all that baggage yeah. that no longer serves you and it doesn't burn you no, it's or the things it's you like, need yeah. or your essence mm-hmm. you get to carry those things with you it just gets rid of all this stuff the that bullshit. you've been carrying around yeah. and you know of course you're going to come up to another one. It's yep. just going to keep happening. But every time, it's just going to keep burning away that stuff that no longer serves yep. you. And we try not to look at it, right? We try to pretend like, oh, that's not there. I'm happy to be in this dark forest. Yes. Oh, obli- yeah. what do they say? Uh, ignorance it, is bliss. Right. Yes. Yeah, but you know you got to go through the thing. And I feel like not only life, but kind of witchcraft and yep. spell work and rituals and all that stuff in general and 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 working with divinatory tools Mm -hmm. like tarot and things like that and astrology even is it's constantly this mirror showing us to ourselves saying okay i see you good work now let go of this thing you think you need Mm -hmm. now let go of this thing that you think you need you know now burn this thing down it's total ego annihilation you've completely committed yourself to the fact that you are never ever going to do this thing now do it you are completely committed to the fact that you you need this thing to live now set it on fire you know burn it all down and we do like to burn you just kind of have to keep doing that you do and that's life. And yeah. That, and in a nutshell, that is life. And a there's series life. of burning archways that yeah. you must walk through like a lion in this fucking... Yeah. What's it called? I almost said the zoo. What are those <laughs> things called? Circuses. Oh my god, yeah, the flaming hoops. Yeah, you know, and you you do. You just, you just gotta keep moving in that direction. You know the mm-hmm. way to go. It's literally lit for you. Yeah. That's the way you go. You go through a fire, and then you look, oh, there's the next one, yeah. and then you go to that one, and you walk through that, and you just consistently keep burning shit down until you're left with character building. Whatever it is that it is that we're all working towards. Yeah. And that's what a lot of, I think, our practice is, yeah. is just burning shit down, you know? And the patriarchy. Get, yeah. <laughs> burn it down. No, seriously. Burn it down, no, really. To get seriously for a no, second, like, like burn, it down. burn it down. Burn it down. Wow, that's really fascinating. Yeah. I think that's really cool that we both talked about some kind of, like, divinatory things yeah. this week. We like, I never thought about... When you said reading the flame... Yeah. I thought you meant like staring at it and looking for shapes. Right. <laughs> so I learned which something you could new. Do that which too. you could you like could. you like tea leaves and I was like, I think I see yeah. I don't know. Um but that's interesting. Yeah. Like, because I have man, I have flames go out on me all the time. Yeah, and now you know. Yeah. That you better fill that cup up. Yeah, it's because it's which not, it's not time. Ass. Yeah. It's not time. Get in the bathtub. Or that's the wrong question. Or that's not the question. Yeah. Nobody wants to answer that shit or make it come true right now, so pick another one. Right. All right. Yeah. Wrong one. That's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, dude. That is so fascinating. I'm really excited to use that this Mm -hmm. week. I cannot wait to talk next week about how we use that. Yes. I'm excited, too. Yeah. I, I feel like I get two, though. I feel like it's not fair. Well... 
Yo, you can dress the fucking candle and you can read its flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can port. Well, you can do... Yeah, and that's the cool thing about this new thing we're implementing. It's like, whatever you want to do that is kind of related to that thing. I already kind of have an idea of half of it, the Pisces half. Yeah, like, you could do something with Pisces. You could record your dreams for the week. You could... Yeah, you could do everything. Because I've got a dreams journal and I used to use it all the time, but I don't. So this is a very good excuse. And it's interesting, one of the things you talked about... um, Which herb was it that you said? you would put under the pillow. Um, well, mugwort is one you can mugwort, do Mugwort, valerian, um, the but the, the... It was the weird one. The dream herb. That one. Yeah. Yeah, so dream I, herb. I have a bag of mugwort in my room in a bag. Oh, yeah. Because I was doing a little bit of... And I had some... But I didn't put my journal out of bed. And I was having some fucking wacky dreams. And I was like, oh, don't put this over here on the yeah. nightstand. I don't know. I'm ready for that shit. some shit I don't want to see. Right? <laughs> ready for that so maybe I'm ready yeah know? maybe I'm ready now I yeah. already got it ready to go and we can look at kind of those recurring dreams that we have yeah, yeah. I think that's it Wonder Witch what is it what is it Wonder Witch Wonder Witch Wonder Witch, Wonder Witch. <laughs> dang that's gonna be a thing really like, I